You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I'm 
I love it. I love it. Kumasi's most vibrant airspace. Love 99.5 FM. Everyone listen to it. Experience the joy. Welcome to Daily Focus on Love 99.5 FM. Prepare your mind and soul for today's message. Daily Focus on Love 99.5 FM. Start your day right with a word from God. Hi, welcome to Relevant Life, a program brought to you by Mid-Country Chapel to encourage, motivate and bring this generation closer to God. Relevant Life is proudly sponsored by 8N Pharmacy Swami Marco, ZTH Company Limited, Asafo and Amakum, Morton's Pharmacy, TUC Junction. Stay tuned as our head pastor, Rev. David Kwanza, brings you today's message. I'm ministering on the law of faith. The law of faith. The law of faith. Now I want us to quickly go to Joshua, the chapter number one. We'll be reading from the verse number six. Joshua 1, 6. Be strong and of good courage for unto this people shall thou divide for inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. So what has been promised the fathers? Let me ask again. What has been promised the fathers? And these people were going to do what? They were going to inherit it. Verse number 7. Come with me. Continue. Let's go. Uh, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever that goeth. Somebody say, whatever soever I go, I shall prosper. In the name of Jesus. Now the verse number 8, last of them, let's go together. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then and then good success psalm chapter one the verse number one uh chapter one and the verse number three let's let's go or we can start from psalm one and the verse number one let's go psalm one one go Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. Verse 3. And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, God had spoken unto two very powerful men that the Bible speak about. One of them was David. The other one is Joshua. Now, let me tell you what is going on with the life of these two people. Joshua, as we read, first of all, was a young man that walked with Moses. And God said he's going to be the one that is going to take Israel to Canaan 
and divide the land unto them. He was a young man. He had not been called by God, proven of God like uh, Moses, but God just picked him. He saw his heart. And he was not in a land that was his own. He was going to possess the land. He was going to take over. He was going to get to a place where people already exist. And then he's going to become the one to conquer and share the land among the Israelites. Amen. So he's coming from nowhere into a place that God is taking him. And the Lord told him, the way to make that possible is for you to meditate on my word day and night. How it's going to be. You, you're coming from, from a place to another place and you're going to take over. Uh, and I believe God is speaking to us this morning because you're coming from nowhere and you're going to become a champion in the name of Jesus. You don't have the background that people think you should have, but you're going to take over. Now listen carefully. Joshua was not a general of an army. He had not been trained to do battle and then take over the land. The Bible said he was literally the servant of Moses. If there's any job Joshua was doing, as I can recall from the Bible, so whenever Moses wants to wash his hands, Joshua will be there and pour water on his hands. And then when Moses goes and ministers, and then he leaves, the Bible says that uh, Joshua will come and stand at the place and make sure everything is put in its place. He was purely a dedicated servant. And he's coming out of nowhere to possess a land. And God said that the way to do that is to meditate upon my word day and night. Don't turn left to the right. And whatever you do, you will prosper. Who was David? He was a man that was not in line to the throne. He wasn't born legitimately as an heir to the throne. He was a shepherd boy. And God had decided that I'm going to put you on the seat of kinship over Israel. You've not been brought up from a royal home. You don't have that kind of background. You don't have that training. But I'm going to make you the king over my people. And the Bible said that God told him, if you're going to come from nowhere to inherit a throne that you never, you never legitimately should be the one to sit upon. I'm going to move you into royalhood and I'm going to make you a throne uh, which your children are going to come later on in the years to also sit upon that throne. The way to get to that place is to meditate upon my word day and night. And you don't turn to the left and you don't turn to the right, but focus on it. And whatsoever you doeth, you shall prosper. Two powerful men. Same statement by God. It looks to me God is telling us this morning that if you want to advance in life, if you want to get to the place you want to get to in life, if you want to become who you want to become you may have been raised up from the zero factor or zero point and you have a desire to become somebody in life if i'm going to make you the champion you desire to be if the assignment i give you in life you're going to study and accomplish that assignment you may not have come from a royal background and you may not have been somebody trained to take over by conventional war but i can do it i can do it if only you will meditate upon my word day and night you don't turn to the left you don't turn to the right everybody has a dream everybody has a goal and as, as 
preach to you. Somebody has this strong vision and burden and idea to become something so great and powerful. God said that the way to that level of life is by meditating upon his word day and night. For decades and centuries, many a believer have never realized that the word of God is connected to our absolute victory in life. Another word for, another phrase for you will prosper is to have absolute victory. But many a Christian have not been able to link that up. We've never taught that by having God's word in our heart and by declaring it all the time and meditating upon it day and night is part of the plan for which God is going to elevate and exalt your life. Rather, we follow systems. We, we believe that if the system laid down, this is how the man became the CEO. That is how that guy became the owner of the company. That is how he became president. That is how he became the vice chancellor of the university. That is how he became the boss of the place. We follow systems. And we believe that by following systems, that's how we're going to get there. And a lot of believers do not connect their success to the word of God. When it comes to the word of God, if you go to church Sunday morning like this, the preacher preached the sermon, you get out of the church, you go out there, you follow systems. So we used to following systems. And we follow systems because we believe that is what is going to give us absolute victory in life. We achieve worldly standards. That the standards that the world has set, those are the laurels we want to achieve by means sometimes completely out of the word of God. And you will have Christians who are following things to achieve, trying hard to get to somewhere that do not have an iota of the word of God in them. They don't have time for sermons, especially ones that are long. They don't study their Bible. They don't have time to read the Bible. Meditation, forget it. That belongs to the Tibetan monks or some Chinese Shaolin master. What are you talking about? Meditating on the word of the Lord. No, it's not part of their frame. So it's about what the system has put on and we have to follow. We have to achieve worldly standards so that we'll be able to have absolute victory in life. The plan is what the world has laid for us. And that is what is going to bring fulfillment in the lives of many. We are made to believe. We celebrate worldly defined status. So it's like, look, look at that person. Look at that. I want to become like that. And many have reached that level without going to check. They care less about what is the law of God. What is God saying? That's not part of their thinking. It's, it's the way to go. If you're going to be recognized by the world, if you're going to be celebrated by the world, if you're going to become somebody that the world will want to look at and applaud. But God wants your rise to absolute victory to be supernatural. 
He wants it to come from an angle that everybody will know that if it had not been God, he wouldn't have been able to get there. Now, the standards, the systems, and all the things that the world offers, they are not bad. But the truth is that there must always be a connect between that and the knowledge of God. That's why there are so many people that are up, up, up there, achievers. And as I preach, there are people that are on the journey of achieving things in life that are so frustrated in life. They have no answer to the issues of life. Boss, manager, big man, but he's so completely confused about his own self. He hasn't been able to come to terms with his own identity and what he can do, how much God has loaded into him to have victory over circumstances of life. That's why you will have a lot of people that looks to have been successful and rich or whatever you will call it, but they are so depressed in life because their life has no connection with the word of the Lord. The Bible said, whatsoever you do, I'm going to give you absolute victory if you are going to be the kind of person that sticks to my word, hold on to my word, cherish the word of God, imbibe it in your life. If you're going to hold it and look at it as the divine standard of your life, whatever you do in life, you're going to prosper. Now, I pray in the name of Jesus that you don't become a confused, frustrated, depressed, successful man. As a pastor, I've seen a lot of people in high places wishing that they would have been given an opportunity to be born again and start off. I've come across people that others will look at and talk about them and feel that I want to choose him, her, as my role model. But they themselves are going nowhere in life. I've seen families, praise God, having no hope, having no future. Families that are completely decimated by the watch of the enemy, but they all seem to have been flying high in life along the line. There is no connect to the word of God and its role in their lives. We have believed that if we can do it the way the system says, if we can do it, the Jews have the same kind of challenge. If we can do it by the way the law stated, then we're going to be fine. Everything is going to be okay. If we can go the law way, then all things are going to be okay with us. Hebrews 11 and the verse number 6. Look at this. Now, this word in your life is imperative because it's going to do something in your heart. It's going to create something in your life that God can work with. You know, there are some Christians that God cannot work with. There are some believers that they, they haven't been able to allow God to mold them to the point where he can work with them. And working with them, I mean working with them to fulfill his purpose for their lives. Working with them to bring them to the level that God wants to bring them to. In Hebrews chapter 11 and the verse number 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is so important. God demands it from you. God demands it. Now the question is, how is that faith going to come? It's going to come when the word of God is filled your life. Now the reason why God is saying they should meditate upon the word day and night, because this is what it's going to produce. It's going to produce faith enough to overcome every obstacle, rise above every hurdle, cross every valley, plain, wider than whatever that they're going to face in life, be able to overcome the beast of life and the forces of darkness, 
and all forms of rulers in the heavenly places that oppose the march forward of God's people. When the faith is in their heart, they're going to be able to overcome it. Faith is so important that God demands it from every one of us. Without it, he says, no man can please God. When you don't have faith, God said, you don't please me. If you don't have absolute reliance and trust in me, you don't please me. Wow. It's not about who said that God, I think I please you. God, you know I've worked with you for so many. He said, no, if you don't have faith, you don't please me. And it is impossible to do anything in life. And when God says that something is impossible because of the absence of faith, that is so important to pause and look into. Without faith, you can't please God. But this faith is going to come when on a daily basis, night and day, there's full meditation of the word of God in your heart. It produces that faith. It makes you the kind of person that God can work with and completely bring victory to your life. It's impossible. I, I kind of, uh, I shudder at this statement. It's, it, it's like nothing is impossible for even the Christian who does not have faith. And throughout the week, we've learned that some Christians have no faith. Some have little faith. Some have great faith. It's impossible, God said. The Spirit of God said, he looked into their eyes through the Apostle Paul as he writes this book to the church in Jerusalem. And he tells them that without faith, none of you will please God. And 1 John 5, 4 says that this world that the Lord created, the victory that you're going to have in this life, the absolute victory, is going to come by faith. So if there's something that everybody should be thinking about as we come to the house of God week after week, it's not money. It's faith. Isaiah 4, 6, the Bible says that without knowledge, the people of God perish in life. He didn't say without power, without money, without love, without knowledge, because the knowledge is going to produce the kind of faith that God wants. And then he said that without it, they perish. So without the word of God producing faith in your life, the Bible says that you perish. Without the word of God producing faith in your life, the Bible says you don't please God. Time to take two steps, three steps back and begin to check your faith level. It brings victory. It makes you a pleaser of God. Amen. The Jews thought that if we fulfill every law, we go about it the systemic way, everything is going to be okay with us. Until Paul walked straight to Rome and began to diffuse that kind of thinking out of their minds. He knew many of them had become Christians. So now you have moved from depending on systems to depending on faith. He had to teach them, the apostles knew it, that if you have a church and all of them, their minds are filled with systemic pursuits. They don't think there's any connection between the two. That's why you have Christians who go to church and say, well, the Bible said, you sit there and say, the Bible said, the Bible said. That's why you have believers who think that, are you people, everything the Bible says, you want to follow it. They are Christians, full flesh. They've gone to church since they were born, but they still can have the audacity to say that. You sit there and say, the Bible said, the Bible said, because to them, there is no link. There is no connection. 
The sermon belonged to the pastor. Maybe he even prepared it because he wanted to achieve a certain goal. But it's a different field. The disciples used to think the same way. They thought that the Lord, the system is what is going to let it work. So as soon as Jesus got into their boat and wanted to sit among them, they took a pillow and took him to the yonder part of the boat and said that sleep, this is for fishermen. By the time they realized they were beginning to sink and they called him and the supernatural saved them. God will deliver you from every trouble by his supernatural power. Amen. It comes by faith. Now, what I've realized that in these last days, one of the major attacks of the church or on the church is on the faith of God's people. When Jesus spoke about the devil coming to steal what God has planted in the people, he said that there are people that go to church and when the word of God comes, as soon as it comes, birds of the air come and snatch it. Why will, why will you forget the message? Why will it go out of your mind? Because there is a spirit, there is a demon who has set up between the pulpit and the car park. That message must be lost on that mind. It got to go. Because it, it is there, it's going to build faith in the person. And I'm in trouble. So they come in quickly, whoop, and they take the word of God. Hear me, church. The devil is not interested in your money. He's not interested in your, your job. He's not. His primary motive for coming at you is not to take your house to take your business. What he wants to do is to stop the word of God from flowing deep. Because once he does that, the rest of it is history. Then he can do whatever. But if you are filled with the knowledge of the word of God and you've seen signs and symptoms of what the devil wants to do against your business, against your life, you can release that weapon and stop him. Without knowledge, you are history. It's done. So right from the source, as soon as the word is planted, and they snatch it. Because it doesn't have to produce the faith that is necessary for them to advance in life. I see you advancing. Yeah. After faith contagion, you've caught this infection in the mighty name of Jesus and you're marching into life by the knowledge of God producing faith in your spirit. Who here has got faith to face the world? Lift up your hand. Who here is ready to go for the dream of your life? Who here is ready to be Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, I see you marching forward. I see you being lifted up. I see you rising over mountains and all forms of obstacles. I see you breaking barriers in the mighty name of Jesus. I see you becoming who God has destined you to become. Satan is not after anything in your life, he's after the word of God filling your heart. Once it takes it, so on a Sunday morning, countless number of people will rather stay away in different places, meet at some rendezvous, and they don't want to be in church. The word of God uh, it kind of makes them angry. Who are these people that want to preach to us? How are we supposed to live our lives? The word of the Lord kind of gives them some kind of nausea. They don't want to be part of hearing the word of God. That's exactly what the devil wants to have them. Stay away from the word of God. Then faith is not produced. And without faith, you can't please God. And without faith, you can't have victory in life. Romans 3. The law of faith. From the verse number 25. Come with me. Now, I want to take time because you must live with weapons in your hands. So I want to take time and teach this in the next few minutes. Okay? Are you ready for this? That's what we do in Mid-Country Chapel, okay? All right, now look at this. Whom God 
had set forth to be a propitiation through faith. Now he talks about Jesus in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, through Christ. That's what God wants to do and what God has been doing all these years. The verse number 26. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So God wants to justify some people. He wants to assent to their moving forward in life. He wants to say they qualify. They are the people that can access anything. You can stop them. The blood of Jesus has paid for the price of everything. So they justify. They can come to me. They can come close to me. I've declared them righteous. They can, they can be anywhere. They can get anywhere they want to get to. I am justifying them by the blood of Jesus through faith. So they have to have faith in Jesus. They have to have faith in the power of the blood. They have to have faith in the word of God for them to become justified people. So the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Because once God says that you have been made righteous by me. Therefore heaven's resources are going to back you up. To go to wherever you want to be in life. To have absolute victory. These people must believe in the word of God. And they must faith in their heart. Full fledged faith. He goes to the verse number 27. Look at this. Where is boasting then? It is ex excluded. You know, I read this and goose pimples came all over my body. When you want to say, I am this, I can achieve this, I can become that, outside faith, God said it is excluded. It's not part of this. That's not how to do it. Completely out. He said, nay, but by the law of faith, I want to do anything that you want. I want you to reach everywhere you want to reach in life. I want you to become anything you ever desire to be. It's not going to be by justification, by the law. That is excluded. Like I told you, I'm a pastor. Met a lot of people who seem to have reached the goal that others are struggling to get to. And they don't have answers to anything in their life. So he said that wherefore then is the boasting? Hmm. Wherefore is all this puffed up, vaunted life? Wherefore all the pride and the arrogance, the believing things that if you are struggling and you struggle with an unbeliever who has no faith, and everything is about how he does it, and you also want to do it that same way, without the word of God, without faith, without believing and trusting and reliance on God. God said that that is excluded. I don't do it that way. Because I don't want the Boston to become like, oh, you know how we hustled to get here. You know how the price we paid to get here. You know, you have, you have got an idea how we got here. The law of faith is stated here. No man will be justified before God by the law. Faith does it. Faith makes us. God is a God of faith. When you have understanding of faith, that is how you better understand the things that God can do. So, 
he's speaking to them and he's telling them, listen, I, I, I'm sorry, I have to affect your theology a little bit. I'm sorry, probably Paul is saying that I'm putting some sand into your gallery, but listen, this God, his justification of men is by faith. It's not what they have done. Then he goes to the verse number 30, because I don't have time, let's jump. He goes to the verse number 30 and makes a statement. Romans 3, 30. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcised or uncircumcision through faith. One God. He is the justifier of all people. He's the one that accepts all manner, all kind of people. It is this one God who is telling us through his word. It is this one God that is preaching unto us today that he is the kind of God that demands faith from your heart. By the time he finished the chapter number 30, he said that do we therefore now throw away the law? And then he said no. Then he brings us the connection of the law to faith and said that therefore what this means is that by following faith, pursuing faith, operating by faith, the law is fulfilled. This God that you and I serve, uh, let's go to the verse number 27. I don't know if you have the amplified version there. Come with me. This God that you serve, he demands nothing from you, please. All he wants is your faith in him. That's what pleases him. Praise be unto the name of the Lord. It's always an honor to come to you at such a time of your day to bring you such truth, to bring you such light and word of the Lord to begin your day with and to construct your day, your week and the months coming with the word of the Lord. My name is Reverend David Seth Kwansan. I'm the head pastor of Mid Country Chapel. We meet at the Macomb Traffic Light opposite the Children's Park and uh, every Sunday our services start at 7 a.m. Uh, to 9.15, that is the first service and the second service starts at 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. We invite you to come and fellowship with us. We invite you to come and worship with us. It's a season where God is doing powerful things in spite of the challenges that our world is going through. And so we're honored to have you tuning in to our broadcast and being part of this. I invite you every Thursday morning at exactly 5.20 on Love FM to come and be part of this. The Lord bless you so much. We'll be waiting for you at church. We have meetings also on Wednesday evenings at exactly 6 o'clock, which ends at 8. The Lord bless you and have a wonderful day. We'll be with you again. Bye-bye. You can also be a part of this great ministry.